circumstances it faces, it considers what God has said. Amen. Amen. Wherever you're at, whatever God has spoken to your heart. You know, one of the things that you find very interesting is, is that when God told Moses to cross the Red Sea, it was already part of the plan. And he didn't have to say, well, how do I know it's God's will? To, because I know I heard a voice. And he knew because of the signs of wonder what God laid in front of him. But he also heard God's voice say, cross, go over. And uh, one of the things is if God hasn't spoken to you, uh, and maybe you'll know when he speaks to you in your heart, but if God doesn't speak to you about something and you just assume because God told someone else to do something, how many of you know that's a shipwreck waiting to happen? You know, it's important that you learn to hear God on an individual basis. It's important to spend time with him, hearing what he has to say concerning your life and the direction of your life. Because oftentimes, you know, we just kind of go and go and go and we get so busy. You know, honestly, it's really, it's a real easy trap. It's a real easy trap to step in to where, you know, you're just going, going, and then you just, you're, you're, you're in the background, you have this fuzz of what's on your heart. But you don't really pray it out. But because you assume that it's in the back of your heart, that must be God. Mm. No, no. Just because it's on the back of your heart and it's something you want to do doesn't mean it's God. That's why it's so, it's so important to get spend time with him. Amen. Praying, talking, speaking, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual songs and hymns. It's important that we have that familiarity because we don't want, like we said, what we've been ministering on. We don't ever want to approach the Lord. And he says, get away from me. I never knew you. No, we want the relationship where we've said, you know, I have had a close relationship with him. I'm familiar with his voice. He's familiar with my voice. There has been intimacy in this relationship. Amen. Amen. So let's open up in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this evening, Lord. We thank you, Father, as we get into your word, that we are growing and going into the things of God, that we are not being... um, easily drawn back to our old way of living but father we are we are headed further in headed further into the things of the spirit and and i thank you father that we're not muddled with the world but we're, we're severing our ties with the world we sever our ties from the world and, and we walk more closely we in, we endeavor and we desire a deeper more intimate relationship with you and everybody said amen, amen. well I, tonight's lesson, I, I tell you, I, I'm, I'm a bit excited about it because, you know, how many of you know that anytime you walk into something more, it's going to require something more of you. That means more consecration, more dedication, more letting go things, letting old things go. And sometimes, how many of you know, uh, when you're letting things go, sometimes you can get to be a little bit more angry, you know. <laughs> you can be a little bit more sad because I just thought I let go of this job and I really wanted this job. Or, you know, I was going to get in this relationship and I really liked her. Boy, she just seemed real sweet. And, and the Lord says, no, that's not the right relationship. And you're like, oh, I feel so sad. I feel kind of upset that I had to give that up. Don't get upset. Yeah. Be grateful. Be grateful because God is, is, is leading you away that's there to protect you. That's right, I don't know who this is for, but that may be for you, some of you back home. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, well, the boy didn't serve God. The girl didn't serve God. That, you know, you, you got to make sure. And sometimes, you know, you don't just relieve just because there's more money somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to stay at that job that God's given you. And recognize that God has given you something and, and put it in your hand and just believe the Lord. But you'll know, you'll know because when you become more intimate with his voice, you'll know his leadings and you'll know his promptings. Amen. Amen. Let's open our Bibles this um, evening uh, to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Amen. Amen.
Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of the darkness and of this age, against spiritual hosts and, and wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in that evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your, your, your waist girded with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench with all the fiery with all the darts of the wicked one and take on the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all prayers and supplications in the spirit being watchful for the end of this with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints now i want to, i want to stop right there that you have a relationship with the lord and that you are a part of the lord's army part of the lord when you're in an army you are to conduct yourself after its lives after its patterns and and if you're in and you're ready for uh, to be a combatant, one of the things that you do as a combatant is is that you prepare and you examine yourself to see am I where at where I'm supposed to be? Because sometimes you know you can go through life and you think oh I'm 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 spiritually strong, you know I my temperament's together, you know I I feel strong mentally stable. I think I'm probably the most soundest I've ever been and one day you just have an off day and next thing you know you're like like what one brother used to say you've just done you've just done lost your victory mm -hmm. and there's going to be times where like well maybe you overate maybe you got upset maybe you didn't walk in love maybe you maybe you got involved in gossip and you didn't mean to get involved in gossip but next thing you know you're like how did we end up in gossip well well it's because we're not we don't examine ourselves daily we don't examine that sometimes we just think because we were we were strong last week that we're going to be strong this week. On, and you know, you're in the Lord's army. Yeah. And every day, <laughs> every day is examination day. Yeah. Every day don't feel like you want to be in examination. You know, I don't want to be in exam. I'm tired of it. Why does the teacher always do a pop quiz? Well, it's there because it's there to to bring you to a place of, how shall I say, of traversing and the path of righteousness. Remember what we said about Proverbs 8.20? We traverse, there is a walk, there is a steady walk, and, and we, will, we wear the belt of truth. I want you to think about that belt of truth there for a moment. Because that belt of truth helps, helps use, helps keep everything up. You know, I've heard some people say that love is the, um, is, is the rod that holds faith and all the gifts together. But truth, you, you may have love, but you don't understand truth. It don't matter if you have a, an inkling about, you'll have, a, a, you'll have twists, you'll begin to twist things and twist concepts. And really, it's important to understand truth. In other words, if it's in the word, that's truth. If it's not in the word, it's not truth. In other words, I don't make up things. I don't twist things to fit my, the way I want to see things. Truth is very important. And I'm not saying love is important. Love is the, holds everything together. But truth has to be, how should I say, it's intertwined in everything. 
It's intertwined in faith. It's intertwined in love because without love, you can't really know truth. They're like one of those two things that are so, so contingent on one another, because if you're not walking in truth, how can you walk in love? And if you're not walking in love, how can you even know the truth? Because it's like you, it's like separating spirit. Uh, how should I say how the Bible talks about separating soul and spirit? The two are just together. And because they're together, you and I have got to realize that because love is a truth, that that's the truth that we always go back and lean on. Amen. Because if we get off on anything else, we're just going to end up getting off. Amen. Because truth is important. Truth's important. It holds everything up. Well, doesn't it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's, it's, it's like, like I said, it's, it's, it's intertwined. I shouldn't say the words holding everything up. It's intertwined in everything. And because we know it's intertwined in everything, we know that we can, um, as long as we're attempting, no, I shouldn't say we're not, there's not even, you got to even be careful with that because there's no attempting and walking in truth. There is, it's, is it truth or is it not true? Mm-hmm. You can't ever compromise on the truth. Right. Can ever compromise. Well, if that, well, I don't know if that's, that's not true today. Truth is relevant. Or, or here's another one that, uh, what's your truth? And that's my truth. Your, your truth may be invalid because it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Particularly because, you know, <laughs> if you don't have the love of God in you, your truth is invalid. If you don't understand the, how love works in the Scriptures, that truth becomes invalidated. And far too often we don't realize that we invalidate things in the scriptures because we apply our own truth versus the truth of the word of God. Amen. And so there is a, there is a way for us to look at truth. There is a way for us to get into truth with the word of God. And let's open our Bibles to first Corinthians to chapter 11, because you know, every time first Corinthians chapter 11, first Corinthians chapter 11, because truth is important, very important. So how am I gonna how am I gonna examine myself with truth with the Word of God? Yes. This is your year of triumph. Amen. Amen. How do you walk into triumph if you're not willing to look at truth, or understand that it's an important foundation of your life? You have to be truthful with yourself. You have to say I'm truthful where I'm at and where I'm not at. Because there's gonna be times where you're you're not where you want to be. But you can't lie to yourself, this is where I'm at, and, and not even be there or pretend to be someplace that you're not. Yes. You know, you can't lie about where you're at, particularly when you walk into a gym. I, I think Great. it's, <laughs> you go to a gym, I remember there used some folks, you know, they lift weights and they weren't very big, but they'd walk around like this. <laughs> the only time you see folks walking around like that are the guys who were really big and had a lot of muscles because they, they had just pumped up and and the truth was you know <laughs> they they had it and the other person who's trying to walk around like that didn't have it and here's the thing when you walk in truth everybody knows that you're walking in truth right. and, and so it's important that when you walk in truth that you reflect it with the word and you examine yourself with the word Amen. and over here we find ways to find the truth here in verse 28 says but let a man examine himself 
And so let him eat of the bread, of the drink, of the cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth drink of damnation. So you put yourself in a bad situation when you're not looking at yourself with the word of God, with truth, if his word. Because you're not discerning, but it's just here that you're not discerning the Lord's body. Yeah. And some people find it really strange when they go, what do you mean I'm not discerning the Lord's body? Let me just make it very clear. You are the Lord's body. Right. And if you are not discerning yourself and your place in it, you're not examining yourself. You're not saying, where am I? Am I a private? Remember, we're in the Lord's army here. Am I a private? Am I a... Am I a guard? Am I an MP? Where am I serving in the house of God? Where am I? Where do I belong in all, in all of this thing? Or am I just participating? If you're a soldier, you're not a participant. You're, 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 you're called to participate. You are called, not, not just to be a spectator. Let me rephrase that. You are not a spectator. You are a participant. So to live as a, a spectator versus a, as, a, as a participant is... Will, will remove you from not knowing where you belong in the Lord's body. And because if you don't know your place, you don't know your spot, it's sort of like someone who goes out for football and doesn't realize he's a guard, but he's trying to run with the ball. And he's trying to do, he's trying to follow somebody else, the other rules for the position and not knowing what, how, how he's supposed to address his job. See, everybody has a job, and for you to be successful at your job, how many of you know you have to be familiar? You got to know your place in the body. Mm -hmm. Am I called to be a door greeter? Am I am I called? To, where am I called? Because I believe we're all called. If you're if you're if you're born again, you're called to serve in your local church. But you need to examine where you are at that specific time, mm -hmm. because if you're not, the body's deficient. That means someone else is doing your job that you're supposed to do. If you have a lot of people doing other jobs that they're not supposed to do at a company, things begin to break down. You begin to break down. Things begin to not work as they should. And see, God, if we're going to have a year of triumph, we're going to have to learn what is my position? What is my role in the church? Because a lot of people say, you know, this is my banner year. And, you know, God, is, I've, I've received the words from the prophets that this is my year breakthrough. And, and, and you know, Granted, I'm, I'm sure that's true, you know, for a great majority of the church. But if it's not, if you're not participating and you're not getting in your place and your position, you're not really going to enjoy what what those words that are being spoken, because they have to be pursued. They have to be sought. You have to you have to go out after them. I can't go out. I cannot do God's job for your life for you. I can't pray for you. I can't do your praying for you. I can pray for you, but I can't do, I can't replace your right. prayer life. Right, right. I can't believe, I cannot replace your devotional life. Yes. I, I cannot, I cannot replace your songs and spiritual songs that you're supposed to do. Yeah. I can't, I can't stand in the gap for you in that area. Yeah, right. that, why? Because that's, that's your job. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't tithe for you. Yeah. I can't walk in love for you. I, I can't. That's your job. That's right. Now I can preach to you these that, that these are the truths. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if your role as a believer is to move from spectator, yeah. from spectator to participator, and every day we're being challenged with these things. Yes. So for this reason, many are made sick and sickly among you. Many sleep. What is it saying? <laughs> that, oh, so you mean I? You know, I get to take naps at church? No, it means that people die early. 
They die early, for if we would judge ourselves, we, we should not be judged. This is a very important uh, component because, um, because judgment is coming. One day we will all stand before the, the Lord and we will have to give an account. Yeah. Now, I find this part very interesting because if you're not used to repenting or asking for God for forgiveness, for not being in the right place, then that means you're not aware that there's things on that account that you're not following and that there's things that you're going to be judged for not doing or things that you should have done, right? Because you're not aware of it or you, you're aware of it, but you don't want to acknowledge it. And just because you don't want to acknowledge it doesn't mean it's not there not being taken uh, accounted after. Do you hear what I'm saying? I've given my, if I've given a, a, an employee an assignment and they don't do it, they're aware that the assignment was there, but they didn't get around to doing it or they just didn't feel like doing it. How many of you know they're still responsible for that assignment? The task was still their job. The, the task never changed. It was always their job. But as, a, as an owner of a business, as a, as a person who maybe works at a school, maybe someone who's, your job was to fulfill the task. And because you didn't feel, fulfill the task doesn't mean the responsibility shifted onto somebody else. It was still your job. It was still your task. And the Lord will say, hey, this was your job and you didn't do this job that I've assigned to you. This is why your life was the way it was. This is why it was in a mess. This is why your marriages were hurting. This is why your children were running around the way they were. This is the, this is, these are some of the fallbacks of, of you not fulfilling your role. And that, that lack of fulfilling that role has caused sickness, maybe not physically, but maybe it's caused sickness in your relationships, maybe in the upbringing of your kid, maybe in the relational interactions that you have with your fellow employees, or maybe just the relations that you have with people in general in the out in the community. You know, I don't have, seem to have any friends. Well, you know, you don't know who you are. You don't know the role that you fulfill. You don't know that you're supposed to reaching, be reaching out. You don't know you're supposed to be loving. And therefore, you, you start to lose vision. You start to lose hope. And then you begin to get sick because you just feel like, well, what's this world all about? It's about you spending attention, paying attention to the plan of God for your life. Mm-hmm. It's important to pay attention to the plan of God on your life. Right. Because I, like I said, no one can fill that plan for you. Right. And you will be judged for following that plan. You, hear what I say? You, you will be judged. In verse 32, so it says, But we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with this world. Now, when the Lord points us out that, that we're not doing something, what do we do? We repent. We're not walking love. We repent. We're not, we're not, we're not doing what we're supposed to We repent. So we, why? so we don't get condemned with this world. We don't get judged with this world. Now, I want you to point something out. This is Paul talking to the church. It's not like he's talking to a bunch of heathens. He's talking to the church. He's saying, but we are judged. We are chastened of the Lord. In other words, the Lord corrects us in his word. He's bringing truths in his word. And it's up to us to make those changes so that we will not be condemned with this world. He's talking to the church. You hear what I'm saying? He's talking to the church. He's talking to the people that are born again. The born again group. He's not talking to the non-born again group. He's talking to the born again group. And he's saying, you don't want to be condemned with this world. Now, I'm not going to talk about like condemned in the sense maybe of damnation, but maybe condemned in the sense that because of your decisions or the lack of decisions that you made, yeah. the outputs of your, or the lack of the, your, because you didn't respond, because you didn't follow the promptings of the Spirit, you, you follow under the trappings of how the world just 
the rough life of not obeying God. You, you, you walked out from the umbrella of his protection and, and you just get punished because you're doing it your way. It is a hard way doing it your own way. Hard. It's not, it's not enough just to know God, but it's harder to, not, to know God than to not do what he tells you to do. That's even harder. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's a very frustrating way to live. And you don't want to frustrate your life any further. You just want to say, you know what, God, I want to follow your path. I just want to do what you've called me to do. And the frustration, walk in the triumph that God has called you to walk in. You know, you're, you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you. And if you're more than a conqueror, then why are you living less than the victorious one? You should never have to live like that. And if you're living like that, examine yourself. Say, Lord, I haven't been treating my kids right. I haven't been talking to my wife right. I certainly haven't been a good worker at work. And Lord, please forgive me. Help me be the person that you call me to be, to walk in love, talk right, even treat the dogs right and, and not complain everywhere I go or, and talk to the clerk right. You just start turning that around and you start treating people right. And if, and if you've had a pattern of where you haven't done that, you say, you just get in front of them and say, hey, please forgive me. I was wrong. I'm, I'm turning this ship around. I'm, I'm changing the direction of this franchise. You know, I'm going to start getting some W's under my belt. I'm going to start having a happy family. You know, you can have a happy family. You don't have to be miserable. Well, you, you don't have to be miserable. Right. And not everybody in your family has to be miserable because you're miserable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthew 25. Because you have been given a life and you're going to have to give account for that life. It's not what we say. You're going to be chastened. You're going to be, you're going to, you know, it's a good thing. I like that whole idea of being chastened of the Lord. That means, I like what one person said, you know, when you start walking with the Lord, it seems like you can't get away with anything anymore. It seems like God is, you know, always calling you on stuff. What other people could get away with. When you first got born again, you may have been able to get away with this and that. Then God starts dealing with you like, hey, I can't seem like I can't do anything anymore. <laughs> you can't do the ways of unrighteousness anymore. The further you, because the road of the righteous gets more narrow and narrow and narrow and it's called the life of faith where you no longer see the road but you see the path of the righteous you're just it's like you're you don't see anything you feel like you're walking in on nothing because you're walking on faith you're trusting god's word that regardless of what you see or what you don't see god's word is working amen, amen? amen. and over here in matthew 5, 25 did i say matthew 25 yes. verse 14 it says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his own goods to them. And one of he gave five talents to another two and to the other one to each one according to his own ability. Notice he said, he gave it to, to their ability. Well, I don't feel like God has ever given me a lot. I just feel like I only got this one talent. You know, whatever God gives you, be faithful with that talent. You know, I find very interesting over the years that, is that God will take people who may be starting pastoring a church and he'll promote him. Maybe he'll say, hey, I need you to do this now. It's like, maybe it's like a promotion with God because God said, I need you to do this now. And they do, they follow that and they follow that plan. And then God promotes them over the years. He doesn't make them an apostle right away. He doesn't make them a prophet right away. In fact, it just seems like often that people start somewhere that they wouldn't think that their ministry would have ever started. Like I've known some men who started clean toilets. 
worked a sound system, started door greeting, started witnessing, started leading people to the Lord, just started doing the word. See, God permits, promotes obedience. Philip was an example of that he was first he was part of the se- part of the seven that were called to wait on table says let us pick let us pick seven men among us those of a good report because it wasn't good for us to sit here and wait tables let let's let some of these younger bucks do that and then here you see Philip become an evangelist right so what is God doing he's promoting loyalty he's promoting responsibility he's pro- pro- uh, promoting faithfulness at the t- task that God has given them yeah. So you can never look at where you're at and say, God, you know, I'm, I'm just, I don't know why I'm not an apostle yet. God has called me, you know, you sure you might sense that God's calling you to be an apostle and you're sitting there doing a toilet, but that doesn't mean you're going to start as an apostle. Well, I'm a prophet. God knows I have a prophetic gift in my life. It doesn't mean you're going to start a prophet. It means you better be faithful with whatever God gives you and learn to be quiet and learn to listen to those who are ahead of you and not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to. It's important. It's important that you be that you hold some restraint and learn how to flow and learn how to follow that plan that God has set before you. Amen. So anyways, for this kingdom of God is like a man traveling to a far country. Remember, these people are traveling. There's these towns that they've been handed out. They've been doled out. Right. Where was I? What verse? 15. Uh, he gave one of his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey and then he who received had five talents and traded with them. And he made notice the guy who had five talents gained five more talents. And likewise, he who had gained two talents, he had gained two more. But there was one guy who received a talent, but he dug a hole and he hid it. And verse 19 says, after a long time, the Lord of the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Came to settle accounts. He's like, boys, I want to see what you've done with what I gave you. You don't know when God's going to come settle your account. You don't know when he's going to show up and say, I want to see how you've been taking care of your stuff. I want to see how you've been taking care of your account. I want to see how you've been walking in love. I want to see how you've been treating people. I want to see how you've taken care of all this, what I've been putting in your hand. Did you take care of the house I gave you? Did you take care of the car that I gave you? Did you take care of the wife that I gave you? Did you take care of the kids, the animals that I gave you? Are you a good steward of what I have given you? He's going to come and settle that account. Have you been faithful at work? Are you a good employee? Are you hardworking? I'm going to tell you, he's going to notice he promoted those. The five he gave, they doubled up. But another scripture shows God took that talent from that one guy who did nothing with it and gave it to the guy with the most talents. Why? Because he did with what God had given him. You may not have a lot, but you have this faithfulness to the plan. And your year of triumph begins with you becoming faithful to the plan of God for your life. Well, my life don't look very good. It's never looked that great. It seems like everything just works against me. Learn to work in that environment. Learn not to use your, your, your uh, barriers as a, as a way of um, excusing yourself of doing what's right. Because even though you face a barrier, everybody faces barriers. Yeah. Everybody, when plowing a field, has to deal with rocks and weeds. Everybody, everybody's got problems they got to deal with. Though the difference maybe sometimes is some people, some people complain less that there's problems and just get things done. 
and ignore that there's problems. There's, there's weeds out there, Lord. There's thorns out there. Yeah. The guy with five talents said, yeah, there, there were. But I cleared my field. I didn't, let, I didn't use those as excuses as to why I couldn't get things done. Come on. Amen. Not you. <laughs> not you, not me. <laughs> I like Pastor Melina helps me. She put a sign that said smile. <laughs> you know, we get our help wherever we can. We learn to smile. We learn to be what God calls us to be. It's our year of triumph. There's people there that are there to help you and I. Amen. The most important one is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Working on the inside. Come on, amen? Call out 2 Corinthians chapter 5. What time is it? What time we got here? Some said, I don't know what time it is, Pastor Marcus. Oh, we got plenty of time, plenty of time. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. I was worried that I may have gone too long, but, I, but you know, we're not worried really. shouldn't really worry about the clocks. What we should be worried is about, are we following the plan of God for our lives? Amen. Second uh, Corinthians chapter five, verse nine says, therefore he hath made it our aim, whether present or absent to be well pleasing to him. For if we must all appear before him, before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So whatever good or bad you've done, you, you will be judged on it. I want to be judged by what I've done good. If you've done things that are bad, get, start getting on your repenting clothes on. Start turning around. Start saying, the Lord, forgive me. Help me. I'm going to turn. Like I said, we're turning this around. We're not using excuses anymore as to why we are the way we are the way we are. Try. No more excuses. Try. Amen. No more excuses. Try. There, is, there, is, there is no need. There was no excuse for my bad behavior. Mm -hmm. That's, that settles it. It was bad. Do I make any excuses? No. No. No excuses. It wasn't good. If I make excuses, what am I saying? Well, that means I, I don't take responsibility for it. But when I take responsibility, I say, God, forgive me. Oh, that was bad. Then God is able to cleanse and help me with those situations and help me change in those areas. But change will never come to those who won't repent or say I was wrong. It's so important to learn to say that you were wrong. And so it's certainly more important to not point out every flaw that every person has or everything that they and remind them of all their past. No, you stay focused on you. You stay focused on where you're going. You stay focused and don't get upset with things or situations or when things try to be uh, to, to remind you of your failures in the past. Pick your head up and say, you know what? I'm not going to get upset that things are being brought up to my face again. You just say, I'm going to smile. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to walk close with the Lord. I don't care what people say. I just can't lose. I can't lose my victory. And if you've lost your victory, say, Lord, please forgive me. I lost my victory. I got upset. Lord, I lost my victory. I spent too much money. Lord, I, got, I lost my victory. I, instead of trusting you, I, I dumped everything to a credit card. I knew better. Just, just get back on the winning side and begin to trust God. Amen. Amen. And let's, I'm going to end this with Revelation 20, verse 12. Revelation 20, verse 12. Because, you know, we're all going to keep account, right? God keeps, you know, God's got accountants in heaven. He's got people keeping track of stuff. 
I'm under the assumption he's got, he must've got one big giant Rolodex. Uh, there was one movie, uh, some guys pull out a big Rolodex about his life and it, makes, it just starts going on and going on. Hey, he keeps, you know why does he, he cares about your life. Mm-hmm. He cares about, it's not there just to beat you, but he cares about you. Mm-hmm. He really does. Amen. You know, some of the, I remember one day I was going through my mom's stuff some years ago. I found some of my baby hair. I found, I still got my baby shoes. You know, I still got my baby shoes. Well, at least I don't got them. My mom's got my baby shoes. Um, and she's like kept things over the years. And, and you think about it, God has stuff about you in his file. But a lot of it is because he cares and he loves you. And he wants to see you get somewhere with your life. Amen. And in verse 12, 20, verse 12 of, of Revelation, he says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of these things, which were written in the books according to their works. We're all going to have a book that was written about you. And there is a book in heaven that's written about you and I. You know, much like we have a Bible that talks about God, we have a Bible. We have, we have books and accounts written in heaven that talk about us. And you know what? I want to fill that book with good things. Are my interests is to go to heaven saying, I did everything I was supposed to do. I did not quit. I ran until I, I could run no more. And, I'm, and I just want to encourage you at home. If you feel like you've gotten frustrated, if you feel like you've blown it, trust God to help you get back on that path because you can do it. You will do it. You will be successful if you faint not. Well, I just want to encourage you. The year is going to get better. Your year is going to get better. You don't have to be frustrated anymore. You don't have to be sad. Just trust in Him and say, Lord, I love you. And just start singing to Him. Just say, Lord, I love you. I praise you, Father. Lord, I praise you. Lord, remember that time when I got born again and I didn't know what I was going to do or you started teaching about tithing and Lord, you just taught me. So I just want to praise you. You have been the best teacher, Father. You've always been such, you put me in front of the best teachers, giving me the best people. Father, I just praise you so much. Your work has always been better than what I could ever imagine. And Lord, you just always, you just, oh my goodness, you're so good. I just want to tell you, I love you. God, you, oh, God, I love you. You've always been so kind, so generous with me. Generous beyond what I had even deserved generous. God, thank you so much for your generosity. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. And I just worship you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Father God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God, for helping me. Thank you, Father, for helping me. You've gotten me over some tough times. You've brought me over into places I never thought I could even get into. You've helped me help others. You've helped me to get seed into other people's hands. You've helped me teach that through my obedience that there was always something else beyond just that. You've taught me to see the bigger picture. And I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. Father, I humble myself for you, Father. I humble myself before you. 
I know I can't do it on my own. I know I don't have the strength and the ability in so many different ways in my life, and I'm so thankful for your strength. So thankful for your strength. So thankful. Because it's your strength that helps me say I'm sorry. It's your strength that helps me be the man I'm called to be. It's your strength that helps me be the mom, the, the employee, the friend that I need to be. Amen. Church, I love you. You're here of triumph. Amen. We'll see you Sunday.